Hello, my name is Maxine Ward and I am a professional civil celebrant and I'm also a trainer at the International College of Professional Celebrants and I'm here today with Stuart who is the founder of the International College of Professional Celebrants and our director and today we're going to talk about the training that's available um, for celebrants and what your options are. So I'm going to start off Stuart by um by saying, actually, I read a, an article the other day um, by somebody who had done or acted as a celebrant for a family, and the article ended saying anybody can be a celebrant. So my question to you is, why should I bother training at all? I think that's it's a really good question, and there is one argument to say you don't need any training; you can just get out there and do it. Um, there's a reason why we have driving tests. There's a reason why. We have tests for pilots and, and why clinicians go through years of training. Um, and that's because, in many ways, you don't know the things that you don't know. So you might think you can write a eulogy and deliver it for a, a family member who's died, and you'll probably do a perfectly good job. But have you done the best possible job? For other things, like, like a wedding... Are you sure you know what the the legalities are, what you're allowed to say and do and what you're not allowed to say and do? If you get uh, if you're taking a, a wedding ceremony that's not a legal marriage, just a celebration ceremony and you get the words wrong, potentially you're p uh, committing a criminal offence and you could actually get, be sent to prison for uh, that criminal offence. So that's a that's a an extreme example. But I think in any field of life, you can make it up. We all know plenty of self-trained gardeners and, or self-trained hairdressers. Uh, but actually, if you're entrusting your loved one's funeral or your wedding to somebody, you're going to want somebody who knows what they're doing and hasn't just made it up as they've gone along. So... Yes, the industry is unregulated, and yes, you could just get out there and start marketing yourself. But if you want the best chance of being commercially successful, actually making a living out of it, and if you want to do the best possible job for the families that you serve, then I think training is a perfectly rational way of, of going forwards. Uh, and a lack of training, might I say, exhibits a great deal of hubris if you think you can work it all out from the ground up. Why not learn from people who've been doing it from years and learn the hard lessons the easy way? So thank you. That's that's interesting, especially around the, the legalities bit um, and something that people may not necessarily think of. So so if, if I'm an aspiring celebrant and I decide to train, what's the training going to do for me or give to me? So aspiring celebrants... Um, come usually come with with a great deal uh, of uh, thought you know it's something they've been thinking about for a long time but they also have a lot of questions there's lots of things that you know what do you do uh, how is a cremation different from a burial um, can you put a hand fasting ceremony in a wedding and if so where does it go um, so uh you're looking for a training course that's going to be as holistic as possible. You need to cover the, the business, the marketing, social media marketing, um, 
when to bow at funerals, you know, what to do at weddings, baby namings, and all the other ceremonies. So for me, I'd be looking for an organisation that's offering a complete package of training, not just the, the initial block of training, but ongoing support and training after that. Okay, that's great, because that's something I think I'm going to ask you later on. So what options yes. and choices do I have about how I train? So there are, obviously, online is one option, um, and there are pure distance learning courses where you don't actually get that much time with live trainers at all. Not a big fan of that approach. This is a very human interaction um, business industry, and I think those of us who are for whom celebrancy is our calling, it's the thing we love doing. Being with people and learning from people is really important. So the other option is a pure online course. So there's a taught element online and then obviously a taught element in person. But even within, so there's online or there's in-person training, and I'm definitely a fan of the, the in-person, even though ICPC does offer both. Within that, there are some organisations who train just funerals and some organisations that train just weddings. Uh, you know, nothing stopping you taking both courses. At ICPC, we have a philosophical view that says actually a celebrancy is a whole thing you, know, you wouldn't go to a hairdresser who just knew how to cut the front of your hair and didn't know how to to cut the back of your hair you'd want a hairdresser that knows how to do the whole service um, for us as celebrants even though we might specialize and i'm very open i specialize in funerals Having an understanding of the whole nature of rites of passage, the way human beings respond to a rite of passage, both a joyful one and a sad one, because a funeral can actually be a really joyful event and a wedding can have more tears than a funeral. Um, it makes you a better celebrant. But more than that, it enables you to cope when there are shocks in the market. And a really good example of that was 2020 when all of the wedding-only celebrants suddenly discovered that their market had evaporated overnight. If they had been trained in both, there was an, you know, a huge need for celebrants in the funeral industry. Um, and so, actually, I think training to do both, even though you specialise in one, enables you to have a better chance of making a living and better understanding of the role of a celebrant as a whole uh, I, and I think also something we see on every course and, and right now just in the room um, to my left we've got a group of students learning and it was really funny on Monday morning to ask them who's thinking of weddings only and who's thinking of funerals only and then as the week goes through several people are beginning to think oh actually I really like you know the the funeral side of it when I thought I was going to be all over weddings or actually no I can see both I can enjoy both and for me you know, I really love my funerals which is my primary uh, business but the occasional wedding thrown in there for good measure is a lot of fun and I've had a number of weddings where I've taken a funeral for somebody 
and their grandson and his fiancée have come out of the funeral and we've got chatting and they you know, do you just do funerals? No, I do weddings as well. Oh, well, you did such a lovely job of granddad's funeral. Would you take our wedding? And he, yes, of course. Um, so I think it's a real, of real benefit to do both. Thank you. And um, I have to say, Stuart, I think I've been to one or two of those hairdressers in the past who um, don't know both sides <laughs> I mean, of my hair very well. But there you go. So um, I found when I was looking for a training provider, there were all sorts of organisations and individuals and lots of options from me, from people who were practising celebrants who took people under their wing and trained them, which is, I think, you know, very much how it used to be done on in the past. Um, and it was a real head scratcher for me to decide who I was going to train with. And, and luckily, I chose the International College of Professional Celebrants. But, you know, what should I be looking for in a training provider and how can I spot a good one? OK, I think you can tell a lot from people's websites. Now, obviously, it's very easy for somebody to build a very flash website with no substance behind it. Um, but you'll get a flavour for the organisation. Um, you'll get a flavour for their style and, and the language that they use. And it's really important that you train with somebody that you feel connected to, that you feel you can get on with. And so you know, one of the things at ICPC, we, we aren't just about the training. We're, we're an ongoing family, a community of celebrants who are journeying together. Um, but I think also... You know, we're very structured in the way we do it. We've got the, the main training course where you come and you spend a f five days intensive, uh, and that's five pretty much full days. Arrive on the Sunday evening, have dinner with your, your new cohort, your students and your trainers, and then you're ready to start on the Monday morning, 9 a.m., off we go, and we teach uh, all the way through to the uh, Friday, late Friday afternoon. Other organisations may start halfway through Monday and finish halfway through Friday. You know, there's all sorts of different things like that. So be careful, that make sure you're comparing apples with apples in terms of how much tuition you're actually getting. Is accommodation included or is, have you got to go find your own accommodation? And again, that's something where we've decided to bundle our accommodation in so that all of the students are here we're staying in the same venue uh, there aren't other guests around it's an exclusive use venue so we haven't got random tourists wandering around the bar in the evening um, and so that for us that was a very conscious decision to create a learning environment where our delegates could be sure of privacy because we touch on some really difficult things I mean just this morning we were covering uh, how to handle a funeral for somebody who's taken their own life and how to handle a funeral for a, a young couple who've just lost a, a baby and those are really heart-rending subjects you don't particularly want to be in a random hotel somewhere where some other guest could be getting back from a raucous night out whilst you're discussing some really deep uh, subject. So I think a big part of it is look carefully at what's being offered. Is what's being offered what you feel you need? Look carefully at costings and what's included and what's not included. 
and also look carefully at accreditation. There are people who will say, you know, come to my house for the weekend and I'll teach you how to be a celebrant. Uh, there are people who've got a syllabus that, that they've written themselves and some of those syllabus, syllabuses are, are great. Have they actually got a structure of support behind them? Is there a business here that if you call up with a question, with a difficulty, are, are there going to be people to answer the phone or answer the email? Also, looking at the, at the accreditation, because there is uh, uh, UK... UK recognized accreditation there is the level three certificate in civil celebrancy in the uk which is both sides of the industry weddings and funerals um, and that is roughly equivalent to a grade d a level and then there are two diplomas there's a diploma in weddings or celebratory ceremonies and there's a diploma in funerals and um if, you only, if you're sure you only want to specialise in one, then by all means do the diploma. But I would say actually you want to be doing both and it, you're going to have a better chance. If it is somebody who is not offering an accredited qualification, then I would ask the question, why not? Is their training not up to scratch? Is their confidence in their syllabus not up to scratch? You know, all sorts of questions start coming in my mind. And I think for us as an organisation, the other thing you, you said about practising celebrants, all of our trainers are practising celebrants first. We, we are doing it week after week after week. So we're teaching from current experience and current practice. We're not teaching from something that we, we learned a decade ago and then haven't, haven't kept up to date. Uh, and our course is constantly being updated and evolving as new developments come to light. So I think it's interesting for an organizer. Yes, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. I'm just, it's interesting that you, you mentioned the certificate in uh, celebrating civil ceremonies. Do I, you know, if, if I'm thinking about becoming a celebrant, do I need to have that before I can practice as a celebrant? No, you don't. And the way we've structured our course very deliberately is you, you come to your in person week, whether that's online or, in, or physically in person. And at the end of that course, we've taught you. Everything you need to know to get started as a celebrant. So on the Monday following the course, you can get out there. You can start marketing yourself. You can, in fact, some people get their first bookings whilst they're on the course. And so you're ready to start work. And then over the next 12 months, you're able to do the qualification that goes alongside that whilst you're learning. So you're earning, you're learning, and you are gaining your qualification on the job. I think Some that was one of the things. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I considered um, because what I didn't want to do is to do hours of of study at home, only to find out when I got up there and started practicing and meeting other celebrants and really knowing what the job was like in practice um, and on my feet and doing the practical side of it, whether I would actually take to it or not. So it was a really important decision for me to be able to get into the thick of celebrancy and practice it um, and then do the qualification afterwards because I know some some organizations insist that you do the the NOCN first don't they but that that wasn't an option for me and I think also you that's another point of look carefully at the websites because I've seen a couple of 
organisations websites where they're talking about yes you're you're coming on the residential course and then you've got four hours of homework to do every evening well from an educational perspective that's incredibly bad practice and I'll say that in public you've got somebody who's spent all day in a classroom and you're now expecting them to spend long hours into the night doing coursework and then come to the classroom again tomorrow morning and be be fresh it's not allowing time for that knowledge that's been imparted to assimilate in the brain when I was teaching at the the University of Reading as a lecturer which I did for a number of years one of the things that I was really fascinated about is how do you teach adults because it's very different from teaching children we we learn more slowly because our brains are less plastic and so actually we need the downtime we need the time with the informal conversations in the bar in the evening to allow that knowledge to to settle and oh now that i've thought about that i've got a couple of questions and and rather than going back to your bedroom and writing an essay for four hours mm-hmm. which just it's 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 um teaching to the test it's it's we've we've taught you all this material now go and write an essay on it so that you can pass the the test Mm. it's not teaching you how to be a celebrant so if i don't need the nocn certificate why should i bother studying for it at all two reasons one is that at the moment you're right you don't need it but in any industry there comes a time when more regulation is required and i can see a time in the not too distant future where it will become necessary for celebrants to have a professional qualification the other element is we are seeing moves within government to change the law so that celebrants can take legal marriage we don't know when that's actually going to happen but we're hopeful that it might happen in the next year or two And those celebrants with the qualification will have jumped a number of the hurdles necessary to being uh, registered as able to take legal marriage. Obviously, there will be a little top-up training, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you'll have demonstrated the minimum level of knowledge. Those people without the qualification may well find themselves sort of scrabbling to, to catch up and do the qualification. Okay, we don't know sense. what the government's yeah we don't know what the government's going to say but we suspect there'll be some minimum level of qualification so required. be prepared so um yeah. you know thinking back to my journey the um you come away and you're absolutely elated you've had some amazing training and then you've got to go and um you know start to sort of speak to funeral directors and start to go out to venues and um, and it can be quite intimidating. So, um, you know, what kind of support is available for people out there after they've actually finished their training? Finished their career course. So I think one of the things that we do particularly well is we've got a Facebook group uh, called Celebrant Training, which anybody can join. And it's got many, many people in it, many of whom have trained with us, people who are thinking about training, people who've trained with other organisations. Um, and that's a good place to, to start. If you have purchased from us, then 
you can become a member of the uh, International College of Professional Celebrants members only Facebook group, which is a really supportive community, um, lots of encouragement there. But also, as you're going through your coursework, you're assigned a personal tutor. There's somebody who can support you both with coursework, but also kind of a first port of call if you've got a question. Uh, and we as an organisation are very uh, aware of the need for supporting people. We know that you know that, that first time you get a phone call from somebody saying, a uh, funeral director phones up and says, I've got a young couple who just lost a baby. And you think, mm. you know, this is going to be hard. This is going to be a difficult one. I'm going to say yes. And then you know, ping us a message and have a conversation with one of the tutors just to remind yourself of you know, how this is different from a more usual funeral. And I think you know, we don't see that as a, as a timeline thing. You know, I've got students who trained four years ago who are just being asked to take their first funeral for somebody who's taken their own life or something. And you know, we'll still support them, we'll still be there. But I think the other, the biggest thing that we do is every cohort every group of students we train gets put into a WhatsApp group with their fellow cohort. And we do that before the training course. So they, a couple of weeks before the training course, they're in the group and they get the chance to start building relationships, start chatting with people about what they're looking forward to, what they may be anxious about, what they may be apprehensive about. Then they, they get here to the training course and they've already know each other a bit. They've, they've got past that Oh, who are you? We don't need to do icebreakers on the Monday morning because we've already broken the ice. And then after the course, the trainers and the students are in that WhatsApp group for as long as they want to be. And so they could, they've got each other for support and encouragement. And actually, mutual support and encouragement and accountability is a very, very effective way of making sure that your business is more likely to work. Because you've got a group of people who are holding each other to account, encouraging one another, sharing the successes, sharing the failures. Um, and that enables us as human beings to feel like we're making progress, and on the days when we feel like we're not making progress, we can share that and somebody will, come on, let's have a cup of coffee and you know, go and have a phone call or physically get together at a coffee shop and just encourage one another. And so community is it's at the heart of celebrancy, but it's also at the heart of the ongoing support that we provide. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more because I'm still in touch with the people that I trained with and I also network with a lot of celebrants. So I think in terms of support and continuous professional development there's a lot out there so thank you Stuart I feel much better informed now on on what the views are on training why I should train why it's important um how I go about selecting the right training provider for me um, and especially what the um ICPC can offer so thank you very much you're very welcome